Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. This month's special guest is Andrew Stork, Operations Manager for the Klamath County Economic Development Association. Andrew shares why his organization views itself as an extension for all of their local businesses and also how they are addressing some challenges, such as a housing shortage. Here are Andrew's Economic Development Secrets. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. No, I'm, I'm happy to be on. Wonderful. Well, will you start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Okay, excellent. Uh, my name is Andrew Stork. I um, work for the Klamath County Economic Development Association, also known as KCETA, as an operation manager uh, in Oregon. Uh, we're based in the community of around 60,000 people. It's kind of isolated uh, centrally at the border between California and Oregon near the southern part of Oregon. Uh, I am from Southern California. I'm from the Midwest, and I'm from Klamath, so I'm kind of a child of three areas. I've lived in Klamath uh, for the past five years, and I've loved it immensely. I went to Luther College in the Midwest, a small liberal arts school, if you're not familiar with it, of about 2,500 students. Uh, kind of loved that style of uh, that liberal arts education in an intimate setting where you're a name uh, and not just a number. Um, and it's really kind of carried over into economic development uh, quite handily considering how much community involvement and engagement comes with that and just having a close interaction with a lot of area stakeholders. So that's uh, basically kind of a snapshot about me. Wonderful. How long have you been in the economic development field? Um, well, after college, uh, I uh, went to Oregon because my family out there and Klamath uh, was an area that I've been passionate about because of my family, um, but it's it's been out here now for about four and a half years. So post college, that's my career started to presently in the economic development field with this specific community. Wonderful, that's awesome. What a great place to start too your economic development career. Yeah, no, absolutely. In particular, I'm passionate about it in a lot of ways because, um, you know, Klamath County, one of its core strengths uh, previously is wood products. Uh, it's a great wood products area. That's one of its main industries. And post-recession, you know, with the housing crisis, wood products in rural communities is an uh, industry that really suffered and had a major impact on the economic vitality of such areas. So, Coming here, I saw that there's a lot of assets to be leveraged that can really help diversify the climate, um, the economic climate here, and give it sort of a unique strength because it does have a lot of unique offerings. And it was just sort of a neat community to get involved with. Absolutely. Well, on that note, can you tell us more about your community? Our, our community is based in Southern Oregon. 
uh, its major industries, uh, as kind of mentioned regarding, you know, sort of the post-recession economic climate. It's historically been wood products, but we also uh, have a lot of outdoor rec in the area. We have 300 days of sunshine. We have two great colleges, Oregon Tech, which is one of the top polytechnic uh, institutes on the West Coast. Uh, we have a lot of large industrial land that's uh, like I said, 60,000 people uh, or so, roughly. Uh, Klamath County itself, actually, just from a square footage standpoint, is larger than the state of Connecticut. So it's a pretty large land piece that our organization's covering. But the bulk of it is within the Klamath Falls area, which is the main populace. Um, beyond that, it's uh, just a great place to be. Wonderful. Well, what do you think some of the strengths of your organization are? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some of the strengths of our organization is that uh, we really try to approach a lot of economic development agencies or nonprofit entities or federal groups, and we really try to be a nonprofit that operates at a sort of private sector efficiency, so a nonprofit that operates like a business in a lot of ways. And so we apply a lot of industry systems and fundamentals to change how we evaluate and offer services to a project or client. And at every stage of an investment or economic endeavor, we look at um, playing a role. So if you're looking at the anatomy of any sort of potential transaction that could create economic stimulation for an area, much like a consultant agency, we're trying to uh, see how we as problem solvers can enter at any point with our resources to help make the most optimal use of the situation or really capitalize on whatever opportunity is available uh, for economic growth to take place. So the, the, a lot of that's a product of how our kind of funding structure works. We use the sort of, for lack of a better expression, pay-to-play model, which is a great way to kind of create collaborative exchange of public and private funding by put, using a membership structure that brings uh, representatives from the public sector as well as the private sector into one place. It's a great way to gather intelligence about what's going on and sort of allocate resources around people's expertise, mainly, you know, employers that come from a lot of different industries and have us be a one-stop shop of sorts for anything that's going on with business activity in the region or even the state for that matter, because we have a lot of collaboration with state agencies and state partners that allows for us to kind of inform our decisions around how we can better approach or address our economy to strategically fulfill goals that we want to have, this vision that we want to create by bringing all these people together. Well, what are some of the resources that your organization offers to the businesses in your area? Well, some of the resources of which we offer, kind of going back to the strength of our organization, and at the end of the day, we're problem solvers. Our CEO comes from an engineering background. He had 30 years with a public company where he was running R&D stuff. And when you're in an engineering background, you learn very quickly that there's a solution for anything. It may not be a solution you can execute, but we just don't stop at the word no. We look to find what yes is, even if we can't act on it. And I'd say that our services reflect that, particularly in incentives that we can help allocate, whether they be local incentives through public um, resources, private sector incentives, um, state incentives. We coordinate a lot of that. A lot of economic development is highly sales-oriented, so um, when people come to us, we can be sort of the channel which they speak to 
the area Rolodex in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of the partnerships in our funding structure with membership allows for us to have great relationships throughout the community. So we can basically speak to anybody and kind of hit the high notes of which clients want to have reach for their investment to work. Um, we also do a lot of advocacy. Uh, for instance, Oregon Tech, one of the schools of uh, the school I was talking about, the Polytechnic School in our area, is a great institution, uh, particularly when it comes to engineering um, and med-based um, education. So we can go to the Capitol and speak. They're a public institution, so we can go to the Capitol and be lobbying on their behalf to speak about a new engineering facility that they may get, um, or we can be coordinating with uh, legislators to be putting in incentives that allow for clients to have a much more easier pathway to achieving their goals. So I'd say that those kind of cover the core pieces of the services that we can offer, but we're open to anything. We do a lot of data research too. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, we're economic experts about the economy, too, and just want to have a full understanding of what that is so that we can strategically plan um, around the efforts that are going on to see how they align in a way that fits that vision. So a lot of it's sort of these overarching long-term goals that we're coordinating and then, you know, using our projects to feed those goals. Well, could you please tell us what some of the advantages and challenges are that you face in your region? Um, some of the advantages that we have in our region right now is that we're actually having a high concentration of major construction projects, particularly in the clean energy sector. So, for instance, uh, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, the FERC group, has just approved a large pumped hydro storage um, plant in our area. It's about a $750 million investment that would create 3,300 construction jobs and I believe 50-plus direct jobs once the construction is complete. In addition to that, there's the Jordan Cove pipeline as well as uh, the Klamath Dam removal, which is both of those projects are also major construction projects that could create a lot of supplemental economic development opportunity. Uh, in addition to Oregon Tech, you know, for a rural community of 60,000, it's amazing that we actually have two great colleges, not just Oregon Tech, but a um, great community college, and I believe uh, Klamath Community College, KCC, uh, is some, does some of the best work in terms of being able to be a customizer for economic development needs. They really uh, take their curriculum and programs and shape it around uh, what the internal economy um, needs in terms of existing businesses, as well as incoming businesses that might be looking at the area. They're willing to kind of say, Okay, here's what our, you know, here's what the operation looks like. And then let's go to work on creating a workforce that suits that operation and can consistently fill uh, the workforce needs of that operation. Uh, we also have great outdoor rec, as I mentioned before previously, whether it be we have a resort that really kind of is the centerpiece of that, a lot of kayaking, golfing, zip lining, things like that. 300 days of sun a year, but we also get four seasons, so it's a great balance in that sense. And then from an economic development standpoint specifically, we have a lot of large industrial land available, something that's lacking in a lot of Oregon communities and West Coast communities is that we can help address those larger operations, you know, those 150 to 300 employee operations that take up large footprints um, have real possibility in Klamath right now 
considering the land assets that we do have available. Now, from a challenges standpoint, and this isn't, I think, exclusive to Klamath, but affecting a lot of areas across the nation, is we have a major housing shortage. And so we're trying to address that in a lot of different ways, but currently right now, when it comes to a lot of what we got going on for projects, we have to consider that variable at all times because our housing inventory may not be able to meet in operations expansion needs or if a new business is coming in, we need to put a place for those you know, new employees to have homes at and it's not necessarily a slam dunk right away. So I think the demand that comes from those energy projects and a lot of the economic development activities that's occurring should hopefully stimulate housing growth in the area, but currently housing's become somewhat of a challenge. And then, you know, we're fairly new as a community to economic development. That was one of the sort of allures of this position is that it was a startup in a lot of ways uh, to create an economic development vision for the area. And one of the things that I believe we need to kind of work on as we continue to grow and evolve is creating a ladder for entrepreneurial development and capital ventures, private equity, some financing resources that go beyond the traditional incentives that we do offer. Very neat. That does sound so cool to be a part of the organization pretty much, you know, as it started and um, as it's growing. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Well, what are future plans or points of emphasis for the future? You know, uh, kind of coming off the sort of challenges, I think that that's a focal piece is Originally, this organization focused on recruitment uh, primarily and that the services really didn't cover kind of a business retention expansion or entrepreneurial small business development. I'd say that the organization has graduated into those other two pillars that, you know, business retention expansion and entrepreneurial development so that we want to make sure that those are kind of part of the future plan and make that, you know, a, a real point of emphasis. And then uh, it's, you know, going back to housing and financing, it's just putting more tools in our tool belt, you know. I think that the more that we can create for resources at all times, the more that we can help our clients out and the more that we can ensure that investments get finalized. I mean, getting to a done deal in this field can be a very long process, and there's a lot of factors that go into it, and that's it's not copy and paste or rinse and repeat. Not all projects are the same. And as far as the enjoyment of the work, there's a lot of variety to it, but you got to be wearing a lot of different hats and think creatively. And so for us, it's okay, how can we be covering a large spectrum of tools that can help all these different types of projects that come through our door? Well, I have a few wrap-up questions for you, Andrew. Okay. Yeah, the first is, what is your biggest economic development secret to success for other economic developers out there listening? Um, so our, I think our biggest secret to success is um, really, and I, I could probably have a more intelligent answer to this, or, or, but I, I think at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of truth to community engagement and creative solutions is I think that, you know, I was once told that um, business is um, simple. It's not easy. Um, so the, in terms of executing it, it really comes down to just understanding the fundamentals and executing that to the best of your ability. 
like I said, we treat our organization like a business um, and we try to operate at that sort of pace. And often these organizations are the regional arm for the economic future um, of a business or just a public entity. Uh, so when you think about that as if you're an employer, it's like, okay, how is this organization serving my revenue goals or my expansion goals or the vision for my business? Our secret is that we treat it as if we are this extension of every business in the area and that we're trying to help them out, find them see what value can be created through more investment in economic development. And so our biggest secret really is just being kind of a central intelligence and being very proactive about getting out there, getting to know what's going on, getting to know a business's needs, being proactive with a lot of the strategic planning goals that we've established. We put a three-year strategic plan in place and our, and it's a thought out plan. It's highly comprehensive and it really outlines sort of what as a community do we want to have our economy look like three years from now and then three years after that what do we want to do how are we continuing to build on that i'd say our secret is that we're just highly coordinated and highly active and in, in this industry you just got to kind of stick to that you know go 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 pace Wonderful. Well, are there any economic development resources that you would recommend to the audience? Well, Impact Data Source is a great one. <laughs> it really <laughs> does actually help us out quite a bit. And, you know, I think that one of the advantages of it particularly is it just sometimes the an economy can be nebulous to many and to quantify it sometimes can be a difficult task. So Impact Data Source, particularly when it comes to um, working in the incentives game can be great to illustrate here's the benefits that can be created over time from an investment taking place in an area. So we use that one quite a bit. Uh, resources that we also use often, like I said, we want to be the most informed we can about our local economy, about the regional economy, state economy, and national economy. So we work with a lot of data, you know, whether it's coming from state agencies, um, federal agencies, we're really looking into what are some of the markers or indicators about what's going on and how can we take advantage of that information. I think there's a lot of stuff out there that can sort of equip you to better address um, some of the economic decisions you're about to take on. We also use a QWI Explorer, the quarterly workforce indicators that helps us give us a better sense of kind of economic trends that are going on in more sub-industries in our area, allows us to assess, uh, you know, if we want to look at what the farm employment's looking like in the area, what turnover rates are, um, where are certain sections, you know, you can use it for mapping, and what are certain sections that tend to have the most traffic or activity, and how can we leverage that. We also use American Fact Finder, which uh, allows us to kind of get a sense of projections to what are going to be trends um, in the upcoming years. Uh, you know, what are estimates as to how things are going to look? Uh, it uses census information and tax information to kind of help predict that. So we really take advantage of that when we can, too. That's great. It sounds like you guys are on it for data. So, <laughs> oh, wonderful. That's awesome. You, you definitely know your economy very well. Well, lastly, what is your favorite hobby? Well, my favorite hobby 
uh, I got two, I'd say, is A, I'm a big cinephile. I love going to the movies. Uh, you'll see, you know, it's kind of my church. On Sunday, I'll, you'll see me at the movie theater, maybe going back to back to back movies. And, and in addition to that, I enjoy writing. And when you're in the West Coast, especially in a community like ours, I usually kind of go for a small hike and then sit down somewhere and just do writing and I'll be on anything. It could be related to work or a movie I just saw or a topic uh, completely obscure and unrelated, but just something I kind of want to investigate a little bit further and have some thoughts on, um, do a lot of writing. But those tend to kind of be the, my two main hobbies. Very neat. Well, Andrew, thank you so, so much for joining us today and sharing your economic development secrets. I really appreciate it. And I know our audience really appreciates it as well. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time. No, absolutely, Nicole. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate Impact Data Source and uh, happy to do it again and hopefully in the near future. But uh, it was great to share with you guys some of the stuff we got going on. And I'm looking forward to kind of listening to other economic development secrets coming from other areas. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.